0: This week on Ultra 64, we take a walk on the dead side with a guy called Shadow Man. Ah, Welcome to Ultra 64, we are the internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog and we are bringing our teddy bears along, traveling between different worlds Shooting shit from our hands. And my name is Steve Gunley. Hello, I
1: am Lord of the Dark Side. Woody's scout. The Dead Side. You got the promotion. Yeah, I oh, did. So I used good. to just be Duke of the Dark Dark Side. Oh man, side. man, I and know then... you've been won that for a while. Yeah, the, the Lord finally retired. Congrats, congrats. So he wanted to spend more time with his dead family.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, you know, yeah. There's only one time. <laughs> so a little business up front. If you, if my voice sounds scratchy, don't worry. I'm not sick. I'm not putting Woody in danger. I had a back injury. I'm on steroids, <laughs> and it makes my voice. Kinda sound a little weird. <laughs> so, welcome to the latest episode of Steve's, Steve's back injury follies. Steve's on steroids. Yeah, I'm freaking out, man. I'm like so
1: raged up right now. Back injury follies was one of the uh, the less popular vaudeville
0: acts. <laughs>
1: only one showing. Yeah, they, Ow! Would, they just pushed the lead. They just cow tipped the lead. and it did not. It did not last long as far as shows went.
0: Well, we are very excited today because, uh, firstly, it's a happy Halloween, everybody. You're listening to this on Halloween Day, assuming you're caught up on the show. Perhaps
1: the scariest Halloween of my lifetime.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I don't know. Entire Uh, world hangs in the balance uh, after this Halloween. It's... uh, hard to think about what's scarier than
1: a devil you know a virus hanging out outside yeah and like a government that doesn't care about it's like it's like all the scariest movies but in real life yeah exactly exactly it's like like
0: a haunted house brought to your front door oh man (laughs) Uh, why can't this happen every year (laughs) well Well, it will from now on but you know it can (laughs) it can (laughs) we'll see we'll see how tuesday goes Um, Anyway, today we are talking about uh, one of the last spooky games on our console, and that is Mm -hmm. Shadow Man. Uh, Shadow uh... Man. Uh, a much requested episode, actually. We've This heard game a lot was of, neat. Uh, this, this game is neat. I think yeah. it's neat. Yeah, <laughs> I think, exactly. Put I, that on the box. Here's we a, think it's neat. Ultra 64. You know what I think is neat? A couple of things, and this game gets it right every time. Um, shadowy men. Mm-hmm. Uh, snakes with top hats that have Irish accents. Yep. Very neat. Very neat. Uh, bats spitting acid. Less neat, but, you know, it's still there. And swimming in blood. Yep. All my favorite things that I would describe as (laughs) neato
1: burrito. Your personal ads that you took out before you met Nicole were very strange. (laughs) Must
0: be able to swim in blood. And you know what? She could not have clicked yes on that thing (laughs) fast enough. Oh, my goodness.
1: Mm. Uh, So I'm excited. Nicole first in her high school class in blood swimming.
0: (laughs) Well, let's talk about this game a little bit. I also want to get into some uh, bigger context. But to start <laughs> off with, Shadow Man was released August 31st, 1999. It was developed by Acclaim Studios T side and published by Acclaim. And this was also released on the PlayStation Dreamcast and Windows. It's also soon to be released on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch with a remastered edition that's supposed to be coming out early next year. Yeah, and
1: this has just been a general weird trend that I guess the wave of nostalgia has finally has finally caught up, and they're just like Shadow multi- Man's just been swept up along with it. Well, yeah, but there's like multiple games. Like first there was those Turok remakes. Yeah, and you know, like I knew there was a lot of nostalgia for Turok, and then there was a Doom 64 remake, mm-hmm. which took me by surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but
0: I played it and I liked it. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Well, I mean,
1: you know, the biggest problem with that game was you couldn't see anything. So they right. fixed that. Just it goes a long that. way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now there's going to be a Shadow Man remaster. It's yeah. Just,
0: there's like a where's where's our Communion Twist remaster? I think this any day a- now, right? Yeah. Like it's got yeah. to. Uh, I think we've we've talked about Acclaim Studio Teesside once before. Uh, they're based out of Stockton-on-Tees in England, hence Side. Okay. And uh, their last game that we played was Forsaken 64, which I liked quite a bit. Yeah, that was a neat game, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the team started as developers for Codemasters, where they produced those weird knockoff NES carts like Big Nose the Caveman. Oh, and, and Big Nose like that. freaks
1: out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, you loved Big Nose. <laughs> what if he freaks out? Oh, man, I can't even
0: ponder that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, they then. It also
1: implies in the first game, he did. I've never played Big Nose the Caveman, but I bet he does some freaking out in that
0: game. Oh, yeah, he must. I mean, it's on the tin. Like, you can't not have a Big Nose freaking out, you know? Like, it would be a thing. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the comic book that Shadow Man is based off of. It is called Frank and Ernest. Frank and, and Ernest. it was released
1: every Sunday for many years. And the, the video game was a very, very loose adaptation of that. Like almost a
0: different thing yeah. entirely. They
1: decided to replace all of the groan-inducing
0: puns <laughs> with a trip into the dark underworld of voodoo. It's kind of like how uh, High and Low was, was adapted as Suspiria. Yeah, like, exactly. It, it, no one saw it coming. But yeah, no, it was it was a bold take. So uh, this character is based off a of Valiant comic book, which debuted in 1992. Uh, the Prince com-
1: Valiant comic
0: book. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Prince Valiant uh, remade as Martyrs. Yeah, really interesting. <laughs> really interesting take. Uh, so yeah, this uh, the, the comic book stylizes the name as just one word, but the game uses two words for Shadow Man. So the comic was created by Steve Englehart, Mike Manley, and Jim Shooter. Comic fans out there might know that last name in particular because Jim Shooter was a legend over at Marvel Comics. He was a writer for years before he became editor in chief in the '80s, and he was the guy who oversaw like one of the best X-Men runs ever, Chris Claremont's X-Men, mm-hmm. like uh, Dark he,
1: Phoenix sagas, Dark
0: Phoenix saga, all that. He oversaw Frank Miller's Daredevil run, which is incredible. Um, lots of lots of really important stuff. Jim Shooter is also kind of famously uh, difficult to work with, a bit of a perfectionist, kind of an asshole, and he got pushed out of Marvel in 1987. But in 1989, he brought back some investors, and they founded Valiant Comics. And Valiant kind of slowly built up esteem amongst comic book readers with uh, their own universe of characters, like Ninjak, (laughs) Bloodshot, XO, Manowar, Hardcore, Armourines, and our old buddies, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter.
1: It's weird. There's probably... There's more... Valiant comic games on the Nintendo 64 than Marvel or DC games?
0: Combined, yeah. Because there's like one DC, oh, I guess one Marvel. there's
1: four Tura games. There's yeah. the Armory's game and there's this. So that's six at least. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Valiant weirdly uh, heavily represented on the N64. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Shadow Man fit in very well with Valiant Comics' style. They were going for like a little edgier without getting into full like image of like gore and blood. But it was sure. like, it was darker, it was meaner. Uh, and Shadow Man fit in well with that. Uh, the comic was the story of a guy named Jim Boniface, who is a New York, New Orleans man who inherited the mantle of Shadow Man from these voodoo spirits. And the Shadow Man is like something of a supernatural prison guard. Like basically, he can travel between our world, which is live Mm -hmm. side, and then the world of the dead, which is dead side.
1: I don't know which of, like, Shadow Man or Turok came first, but it definitely feels like the second one definitely cribbed from the first one. Yeah, Because it's like, you kind of take this sort of vague, vague ethnic culture, and you're like, okay, we're gonna turn, like, this person is a guardian of this thing, and they're sort of going back and forth between worlds, and this mantle is sort of passed down between
0: them. Yeah, yeah. it's That's a... I'm not sure if that's a Valiant thing or if it's an acclaimed thing, because mm. the Turok comics started in the 50s, and then it became something different when Valiant brought it right. back in the 90s. That's I've, true. I am not. I have never really read any of the they Turok were, comics. They were
1: so loose in the video games.
0: Yeah, they're very, very loose. But yeah, so uh, the Shadow Man, like I said, he he patrols the dead side. He basically makes sure nothing crazy evil gets out into our world, and he kind of just keeps us safe. Ah, uh, the comic quickly became Valiant's most popular He's title. Like the R.I.P.D. He is exactly like the R.I.P.D. Property, uh, so they sold more than five million issues to date, and they've been translated into more than a dozen languages. And actually, the mayor of New Orleans declared January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-three Shadowman Day wow. in response to uh, its portrayal of their city. So it's
1: very odd that this is as popular as as it is because I worked in a comic book store for probably I think two, three years. Okay. I have and I work in a library now. I have never seen a Shadow Man comic, like in person. Hmm.
0: Like I think the, most of the ones I've read were from the relaunch a couple of years ago. Okay. Like I don't think I read an original Shadow Man comic, but uh,
1: though I will say like playing this game makes me want to like seek some out and it's read It's an interesting some because, world. Yeah it's yeah. this is just a very cool aesthetic. This I'm not like a huge whore guy in general, but this is the kind of whore that I enjoy. Oh yeah. Where it's sort of this uh, it's not like it's not H.P. Lovecraft, but it's a similar vibe of like there's this veil of the world beyond and we're just like keeping you safe from it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Eternal Darkness has this vibe a lot.
0: Sure. Um, so or it's, like if you want a lighter version, it's like Stranger Things and the Upside Down. Like, yeah. It, I like the idea of like parallel impossible worlds like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm not as big as just like. There's murder... Yeah, 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 when you get too close to home, it's like, murderers are going to break into your home and stab you. I'm like, that is not fun. No. I'm, I don't do that. That is not fun horror for me. Yeah, like, supernatural
0: spooky stuff is fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. And this
1: game, I mean, I guess we'll get into it when we get into the game. But it, yeah. I feel like it really does capture do a great job capturing that vibe for the technology.
0: That's oh, absolutely. Available. Absolutely. So, uh, Shadow Man and the other Valiant comics got popular enough that they soon drew the attention of Acclaim who instead of just licensing the characters, they bought the company outright and turned them mm-hmm. into Acclaim Comics. And that's why we have so many video game adaptations right. of their properties. The first game produced from this uh, acquisition was the 1996 Saturn title Iron Man Exo Man of War in Heavy Metal. A terrible clunky title for a terrible clunky game.
1: So does that have, that actually has Iron Man in it? So it they, is It is Iron Man. It's so a crossover?
0: Mid-90s, Iron Man was still kind of like an obscure Marvel character. Right. and so I mean,
1: Marvel Iron Man was an obscure Marvel character until they played him with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, like, exactly. That movie was, was like, going to be like, are you really going to make
0: a movie out of this character? Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody was kind of thinking like, who the hell is Iron Man? Like, why would we do this? Mm. But yeah, so he, and Marvel in general in the nineties was kind of in trouble and they were just licensing their properties out to everybody, (laughs) which is why like, you know, Sony showed up and said, Hey, can we do Spider-Man? Like, yep, go ahead. Yeah. And and, you know, everyone else wants to do blade. They didn't really have any kind of consistent style. Um, but yeah, it's, that's a bad game. Uh, that came out on like the PlayStation and Saturn. I played it a little bit. It's real clunky and boring. Um, uh, that, the other byproducts of this deal manifested on the Nintendo 64. We already mentioned there were four Turok games. There's Shadow Man and there's Our Marines Project Swarm, which we still are going what to cover. Was it called Armourines? Marines like Oh, I thought it was Portmanteau. No, okay. oh no, Marines, Armor Marines. Uh So after claim folded in 2005, a group of entrepreneurs set out to revitalize the Valiant brand. And in 2012, with a media event, they launched the Summer of Valiant, which, why do you get to just, isn't that already the Summer of Luigi or the Year of Luigi? I don't it
1: could know. be the Summer of multiple things. It's okay. like when you look at a calendar that shows all the national days. Sure. Like every day is like three different national Some somethings. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's National Hot Dog Day, National Take Your Daughter to Work Day, mm-hmm. National Get Two Haircuts in the Same Day Day. National Take Your Hot Dog to Work Day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great, it's great.
0: Uh, Yeah. So they uh, in 2012, they relaunched all of their major brands with new number ones, including a new Shadow Man. And Valiant has really been trying to get a foothold in the comics industry. They recently delved into the film world with the Vin Diesel vehicle Bloodshot, Ah. which had one of the most unfortunate release dates of all time because it came out the weekend America went into lockdown. So, like, it was enough that some people saw it, and then it had to go to VOD pretty much immediately. It was one of those first ones. It
1: it does feel like the kind of title that is very much on home on VOD. Oh, yeah. Much like Vin Diesel feels like the very kind of action stars at home in a Valiant movie. Yeah, yeah, I would
0: think so. You know, if Shadow
1: Man was not black, Vin Diesel would make a good Shadow Man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, if I were that, like, this is supposed to kind of kick off like a a Valiant multiverse episode. I don't think that movie did well enough to justify that but mm. like if they ever want to go back and start again my two favorites are uh, uh valiant comics are archer and armstrong which is about sounds like a law firm it does it's about an immortal scottish like falstaffian figure and a uh, young republican assassin who grew up in one of those bible theme parks that said <laughs> okay. like cavemen grew up along with dinosaurs it's a weird concept but it's really fun the other I would go with is Quantum and Woody, okay. which is, I think I've pointed this one out to you before because <laughs> it's the name of my dog and my co-host. Yes. Uh, that's a super funny, like, really good comic. I think they should go with that. What instead. is that? Is
1: that like a buddy cop thing? Yeah,
0: like, it's... it's Hi-Fi uh, buddy cop parody? It's two adopted brothers. One's black, one's white. Uh, uh, the guy, And when they grow up, they develop superpowers. But, like, they kind of have opposite personalities. Like, uh, the guy who goes by the name Quantum is very straight-laced and by the book, and Woody is kind of a wild... Party guy. A Wild Woody, if you will. Yeah, he was a Wild Woody. He yeah. shakes his little eraser butt. And uh their powers are only effective within when they're within range of each other. Okay. So it's kind of like a forced buddy cop no, comedy. And the reason they're named that is because Quantum wanted a superhero name and Woody just like, what? They already know me. So Quantum's wearing a full costume and a mask. Oh. And Woody's just walking around like a normal <laughs> that's guy. That's funny, yeah. It's I a really promise. fun, it's a cool. really fun series. Um, anyway, one other thing I wanted to talk about before we really get into this game is that um African-American representation in video games, because this game really made me think about it. I was trying to just. I just want to say, like, it
1: seems like this is kind of like an out of left field, like we're just trying to shoehorn some topic in here. But like when you brought it up to me, I was like, oh, actually, you're totally right. It really does belong here.
0: Because I was thinking like I I was trying to place in my mind like what the earliest game I can remember having an African-American lead that isn't like a sports figure that isn't sure. based on like a real life not sports Bo Jackson
1: figure. baseball
0: huh? right 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 like and I think shadow man might actually be the first like action game with a black lead like right. a, a, a black man as the title character and there yeah
1: there's lots I mean there's not lots because even no. now there's not lots of black protagonists in games but like most of the anyone that I could pull before this was just sort of another character in a fighting game. Yeah. Like your Jax Briggs or something. Sure. Or um,
0: Or a beat em up.
1: Adam in Streets of Rage. Um, but it's like those are not really sort of you have a choice of whether or not you want to play as those characters. The right. story's not built around them really in much of a way.
0: And they're not the ones that tend to make the poster, you know. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of supporting. And I was looking back on it like I don't, yeah, there's, there's a really very few. And it got me to thinking about how prevalent this is. I found a 2014 study. They were analyzing games made between 2007 and 2012. Of all of those games, only 3% of the, uh, heroes in that, those games were black compared to 67% white and then like 33%, like, or whatever it is, uh, 30% alien monsters or trucks oh, or something non-human like that. Non human things. Non human things. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, uh, I am, I am really curious, like, because it certainly wouldn't surprise, I just, I have, a, I have a very hard time wrapping my head around the fact that I couldn't think of any sort of protagonist before this, yeah. like main protagonist. And this is like 1999, this yeah, game came yeah. out. And so like, yeah, readers, or readers, I would say readers, yeah. but like, there's no readers of this podcast. Someone
0: might be transcribing, Yeah, I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs>
1: um, Listeners, right in it, can you think of like a Super Nintendo game or a gen that had a black protagonist that was your default character before shadow man
0: yeah i googled we, it we are all very curious all i could find all it kept coming up was like blackthorn which is <laughs> <he's> not <laughs> a black is not he's not black guy but like i was looking at the the back catalog of the nes and there are only six characters on the nes that are black who aren't based on real athletes right and two of Your them Mike are in Thompson punch does out not count yeah yeah so things have improved a little bit but even on the n64 like we were t- we are trying to figure out there's like like uh, a character in Fighting Force sixty four. Yeah, again, a beat him up.
1: There's always there's always like a I don't know why the default was always like the black guy has to be like the giant beefy dude.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. He's always like the bruiser. Mm. And then uh, Dai Katana had yeah. that really horrible uh, uh, stereotypical Which character I be- named and I Superfly. There was
1: another one of those in a Vigilante Eight. Right.
0: right. Yeah. So a very very small handful. And from what I can tell, like representation is getting better a little bit as we're going, but it's still... It's still got a long way to go, and it's just interesting to think that this might be the first so late into the video game life cycle, so I just wanted to address that. I think it's an interesting point.
1: And I mean, it's a neat... It's a neat thing about Shadow Man in general of, like, it is, like... It's it's good that that is part of the game because the story and the character is really sort of built around that in some way.
0: Yeah, it's built around voodoo culture Mm -hmm. and, like, the, the mythology and all of this stuff, so it's, like... The game is intrinsically black in its storytelling, which is great. And that's just not something that you see, like, ever. Right. So I was very excited about that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the story of this game, because, there's a lot going on here. Uh, Yeah, this is a rather loose interpretation of the comic. Um, So this is a summary that I took from the manual. It says, set against the mysterious backdrop of voodoo mythology, Shadow Man puts you in the role of Mike Leroy, English-lit student turned hired assassin. Opening within the mephitic seedy underworld of New Orleans. The mephitic.
1: Mephitic. Isn't what, that a what, good word? Oh, like mythic?
0: Like no, mephitic. Like uh, Mephisto. Like satanic. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good word. Yeah. Uh, Mike has the ability at will to cross over into Deadside, where he becomes the Shadow Man. The story begins with a dream, a prophetic nightmare of Armageddon, the day that the dead rise up and walk the earth, an apocalypse that has its origins firmly rooted in the dead side.
1: And I want, I want to stop you right yeah. here, because one thing I just want to point out is, like, this is a game that clearly had a lot of work put into the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, So, me- like, I don't like, this is impressive because it is based on a thing that already exists, and often, like when that is the case, they are just not gonna put much effort to it. But I think they been I think games really benefit when the thing that it's based on is not that popular of a thing. Right. It's like the Chronicles of Riddick game for Xbox. Yeah, yeah. They're like, Riddick isn't all that popular. So like let's make a really good game out of it because we can't sell it on the like property in of itself.
0: Yeah. And I Did feel we like even have a Chronicles of Riddick movie yet at that point? Like it was coming. They, ca- they might have come out
1: around the same time. They might have been, yeah. Um but it's like this is the same deal is they're like, okay Shadow Man is not that popular, so let's actually put effort into showing that this is a high quality product. Yeah, and I think that really comes through in the writing. It definitely does. Very it definitely does. You know, you learn a lot you learn a lot of vocabulary playing Shadow Man. M- Mephitic. Yeah, it's a good one.
0: Uh, a little bit more of the story. When Mama Nettie, the powerful voodoo sorceress who created the Shadow Man by forcibly implanting the powerful shadow mask into Mike's chest, dreams of the coming apocalypse. She commands Shadow Man, her only weapon against the coming storm to stop it from becoming a reality. Destined to carry out Nettie's orders in liveside and Dead Side, for as long as he is of use to her, Mike must step across the veil into deadside and ultimately venture into that place where all killers and madmen are consigned when they die, the asylum. <laughs> the future of humanity is in Shadow Man's hands, in a game that plunges you into the darkly beating heart of all that is, ever has been, or ever will be evil. Wow. That's a good... Yeah. yeah.
1: No, the so game really, like, nails and atmosphere. Yeah.
0: And so, obviously, uh, Jim Badafache from the comic book is not our main character. It is Michael Leroy. Uh, Michael's backstory is spelled out in the manual, and it is far, far deeper and more complex than you would expect for a video game character. So, like, long and the short of this is that Mike was an English literature major who uh, became an alcoholic in college and started gambling, lost all his money, and flunked out of school. Uh, So he had to move to Chicago. He's driving a cab. A gangster leaves a bag of $20,000 in the back of his cab by mistake. Michael (laughs) takes that money, goes back to New Orleans, uses some of it to help pay for a needed surgery that his younger brother Luke has, uh, and spends the rest on his family. The gangsters track him down. They kill his family. They almost kill him. And the only thing that saves him is when Mama Nettie, this Centuries old woman who still looks like she's in her twenties. Kind of
1: again another parallel to Turok. There's that weird alien lady who comes down who looks yeah. like a character from Star Wars who in, in sort of
0: proclaims
1: the next Turok. Mama Nettie's kind of the same vibe.
0: It's weird. It's kind of like a Charles Xavier vibe, except like except Shadow Man is indentured to Mama Nettie. Mm-hmm. Like her her intentions might mostly be good, mm-hmm. but she's using him. As she a is tool. using him as a weapon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's just kind of indebted to do whatever that she tells him to do. So I don't know. I thought it was really cool that they let this character have very human flaws and weaknesses. And like he's not just unkillable super soldier from yeah. beyond the stars. He's like <laughs> he's a down on his luck dude who made mistakes. And that's very that's so much more compelling to me. I mean, the extent of this guy's power seems to be that he can cross
1: over into Deadside and be there. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really have any superpowers like aside from the ability i guess he can breathe underwater but mario can do that a yeah. lot of the time uh um, apparently
0: shadow man is impervious to fear okay which is uh, that's a good skill to have in dead side i think yeah, yeah i think so too um and he's he's like stronger <laughs> it and faster doesn't but... really come through in the game well, no. in mo-
1: most video games the character you play is also impervious to fear it's true it's <laughs>
0: true that's entirely dependent on how scared you get yeah um, Michael is, there's a lot, a lot of voice work in this game, yeah. like a lot of voice work. And Michael is voiced by an actor named red pepper, red with two D's. <laughs> his real name is Richardson green. Uh, he's a British voice actor who you'd probably recognize from movie trailers because he's, he's been called the British Don LaFontaine. Uh, and he's narrated a ton of trailers. I watched an interview with him that said he got his start working as a train conductor in oh. the London underground. And, uh, uh, an agent happened to be riding on his train one day when he was making announcements and went up and approached him about doing some voice acting. Yeah, so. no
1: I mean, he's great. like like you said, this game does have a very very impressive amount of cutscenes and voice acting like things there's a sort of a three to four minute cutscene at the beginning of this game where things are explained. And like the cutscenes are a lot more cinematic like i was thinking of like i mean daikatana is not a good comparison point because that game is awful yeah but like when you think about how boring those cutscenes were yeah just how much you wanted to skip them like these are
0: not those no, no
1: the voice acting is good and like the you you're kind of curious to what happened and yeah, Red really, like, the voice samples are very compressed because yeah, that's very. always going to happen with Nintendo 64. But his voice works really well for that because it gives it this, like, echoey, tinny feel yeah. that really matches what you're going for.
0: This this is an interesting game because, like, I'll be straight up front about this. It is uh it is really, really struggling with the limitations of the hardware. Yep. It's a very ugly game. Uh, the sound sounds very compressed, and it's it's difficult to make out. But you can see and feel exactly what they're going for mm-hmm. with their present. Like, I feel like the presentation is good, even if the, the tools that they have aren't.
1: And I feel like that works because of the theming of this game. Like, this is like you're going into this sort of dark, ethereal world. And so it just kind of looks like brown gook a lot of the time. Yeah, But like that kind of matches and sort of the tone of the voice acting that's sort of lower quality and you can't is kind of mumbly a lot of the time also sort of fits that right it, it is weird it's like this game does work sort of as a piece
0: it doesn't feel like one of those games like this feels ambitious but the developers aren't trying to do more than what the system is capable of mm-hmm. if that makes sense like they're they're like all right we accept it it's gonna be ugly characters mouths aren't gonna move whatever let's just tell the best story we have with what we have available yeah. and I, I i appreciated that um, so gameplay wise, this is a uh, third person action game. So you're what you're behind Mike's back as he's running around doing dead guy stuff. <laughs> um, the weird gimmick here is that each of your hands can act independently. So you could mix and match what items are in your left or right hand and they're yeah. controlled by different buttons. Um, I mean,
1: most of what we played, the only real item we had was a gun. Yeah, Um, Yeah. And so you probably want that in your left hand to be controlled by the Z button. I know later you can, I think, get a sword, and I'm sure there's sort of other activation items that you get in Um, oh yeah your right c button brings up your inventory which is weird and awkward but it's just it's not bad it's just (laughs) hard to remember that's what the button that does it
0: but it's appreciated that like there's a separate like menu in the start button this with using the start button and you can save any time which is a nice feature to have in an 64 game
1: that that is really impressive this game feels really really um ahead of its time like i feel like we've played It's weird to think like how small of a percentage games like this take up in the N64 catalog. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Because like 80% of games now are basically this type of game. Like oh, yeah, basically yeah. from like PS2 onward, they're like, okay, this is what video games are now. Like you're behind your character's back. Yeah. It's either first person or you're behind the back and you go on an adventure. And it's
0: like, I feel like the only difference if this game were made today is it would have a cover system and that's it. Yeah, like, exactly. I feel like I feel you like, would have yeah.
1: automatically recharging health. Yeah. Yeah. And, something and there, like there'd that. be loot
0: boxes to buy. Oh, double of course. Um,
1: but them. yeah, it's like, this is the game that we've played similar to, I would say, Indiana Jones Yeah. Um and Nightmare Creatures which have had very similar vibes to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and very similar structures. And maybe like Winback, except this game is, I think, plays
0: better than most of those. I think so too, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's it's hard to kind of explain why other than just like, yeah, Nightmare, Fe- Nightmare Creatures felt clunkier than this. Um, and uh, uh, Winback just had a different focus. But... Uh, this yeah. feels pretty intuitive, despite how kind of complicated this two-hand system is. Like, there is a little bit of figuring things out. It's got kind of a grid-like inventory system, like Resident Evil, which is never my favorite thing. But it doesn't look like you have. It doesn't look like you like everything seems to have its slot. So yeah, it doesn't look like you're always. No, I don't stuff. think there's any
1: inventory management here or anything no, like that. No. Um, yeah, it's just like it is so odd that I mean, this is basically. This, like those other games I described, basically feels like a PS2 game on the N64. And I think this game at least got a sequel on PS2 that came
0: out. It did. I have I have much to say about that oh, one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, so we got we got decently far. We played for a little bit more than an hour, and but you were looking up how long this game is. Yeah, Courtney. So I weirdly couldn't
1: find a complete playthrough of this game on the internet, which is very surprising because usually any game you look up, you're like, I wonder what. 720 is like as a complete sure. three playthrough. Yeah. I wonder what the Wally Bear and the No Gang is like <laughs> as a complete playthrough. What about Rex Ronan Experimental Surgeon? Like you can find you all can these find games those. as a complete playthrough, but like Definitely. I couldn't find Shadow Man, which is just odd. But like the time to play said that it was like 38 hours to beat this game. That's intense. Which I still have trouble believing. Because that, that would be like the long that'd be like probably not as long as Ogre Battle. But, um,
0: Uh, but like, uh, the other other Ocarina of Time... What was the other surprisingly long... Jet Force Gemini was the other, like, surprisingly long game. But that's because
1: it has that horrible padding out at the end. And maybe this game has something like that as well. It could Uh, be. Because there's these weird... I
0: mean, for
1: all of the... Again, another thing that makes this sort of stand out on the N64 is not a collect-a-thon type of game. No. Um, like, your your goal here is to collect all the dark souls. Yes. You have to infiltrate from software mm-hmm. and um, steal their idea for uh, genre-defining
0: games. You could find them in little packs of Bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so you have to find all these dark souls, and you're traveling through the wastelands here to do it. But, like, your only pickups are health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these sort of weird, they're like weird icons that I can't, I don't even know how to describe I forget them. Like what they're animal called. animal heads or something. Or
0: almost like gourds. Like, yeah, yeah kind of, yeah, I, I'm not, I forget what they you said exactly the manual
1: is just like, collect these and something might happen. And you're like, thanks, manual.
0: Yeah. Do I want to bother collecting these or not? Yeah, I think we're just not supposed to know what they do exactly yet. I, but...
1: I, I always want to know, I hate it in games where they don't tell you specifically like how important a certain collectible is. Yeah. And then you get through the game and they're like, oh, you needed to collect. At least 75 of those and yeah like, well game i wish you had told me that at the start so i didn't have to go back and do all this shit
0: yes that would be nice um either yeah i,
1: I want to get i want to be a game to be up front of either like you can collect them just for fun like celeste is really good
0: about that sure because at the beginning
1: like hey you can get these strawberries if you're into it but if you're not feeling it
0: don't worry about it yeah, yeah, yeah. focus uh-huh. on this incredibly hard game and yeah, like do I that see. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it didn't tell us exactly what, but I imagine you know somewhere in that forty-hour length. Yeah, but game. my
1: my point is here. There's not like a bunch of like music notes or like there's no. just not like gingos that you have. There's not a whole bunch of stuff that you have to pick up. It's just like. Um, I think later you probably get some different kind of ammunition for your gun. Like that's the combat in this game is super yep. simple. shadow man his superpower is he has a gun yeah. that works in Dead Side, and, and it the,
0: the bullets kind of like chase people around a little bit before a little they bit. strike them. Um, um, so
1: your basic enemies here are just kind of like whaley zombie mm-hmm. mans. They kind of look like those redead in uh, Zelda, but they yeah, horribly freeze you and then wrap their legs around your head. Yeah, um, yeah. Thankfully,
0: most of them are like sluggish, but every once in a while you'll get one that runs at you or mm-hmm. spits acid at you and they're a little harder to take down and so it's it's a pretty tough game like my my impression of it so far is that it's a pretty hard game like enemies take a lot of bullets to bring down the problem is i don't think it's hard
1: for like great reasons right um is because the combat system generally works quite well like it does have a default auto aim which is fairly generous of you don't need to lock on to someone and you just shoot them right but you can also lock on by holding r if you don't want to have your aim swapping from guy to guy um, and then you can kind of just strafe around or back up while you're shooting at them. The problem is you move very slowly backwards. Like, it's kind of... Uh, it's not like Mario, where if you press back, you'll just turn around. Like, you have to actually, like, like press sideways turn to turn around. And like, yeah. a,
0: a quick turn would have made a, a world of difference here. Yeah, a quick here. turn would
1: have made a world of... Yeah, I guess it's like Resident Evil 4-style yeah. uh,
0: controls. And so
1: when you finally get to these fast zombies that move faster than you do, they can really just chase you down and rip you to shreds. And it's not like a great... Feeling because there's no way, the only way to r- outrun them is to turn around and run away from them, but then you can't shoot them. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and there is like a snipe mode where you can press topsy and sh- topsy and to shoot them from uh, farther back. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, it's, I don't know.
0: You, the range in your gun doesn't seem great. Like, because yeah. I kept trying to shoot this goddamn bat that like keeps flying around spitting acid at me. And, yeah,
1: uh, airborne enemy seems like it'd be a real problem.
0: The good news is when you do die, uh, there aren't really any. The checkpoints are kind of few and far between. You'll have to go back to the beginning of the level. But all the enemies you killed are still dead. Yeah. Uh, and all the buttons you pressed are still pressed. You don't need to go back and redo everything.
1: And so in some in some weird situations, like it's actually an asset, because you'll, like, go to the end of the level, flip a switch that changes something at the beginning of the level. Then just and if go you, die. And yeah. you just die, it takes you back, which really fits... I mean, like, Shadow Man is kind of like this indestructible deity. So it, yeah. like, really fits. So, like, he's dead and he comes back. It's like the game Hades. You you get to the end and you die. And you're like, oh, I'm just back. And it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, you're just
0: like, oh, where you been? You he's, know? He's yeah. just built into the story. Um, That's why I like that game, too, is that you're just very upfront with your dad that you're trying to escape hell yeah. and you're never going to stop. And he's just like, all right, good for you. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 It's It's that. And that works pretty well. Like, and I like the attention to detail, like. When you first come to Deadside, you meet this guardian guy. He's a snake wearing a top hat named Jaunty. He's got a skeleton face yeah. and this bad Irish accent, but he's delightful. He's very fun. Um, and it's, it's they seem to have kind of like a buddy-buddy thing going on, which is funny. Um, but we went through the gates, and we died, and it came back to the beginning. And we're like, oh, shit, we're going to have to watch that whole cutscene again. And we did watch a cutscene, but it was a totally different one. Yeah, like, Shadow
1: Man goes up and like, Jaunty, I need some instructions. And Jaunty like helps you out. And then yeah, later... And he even says
0: like, oh, good to see you again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: later, again, another comparison to Hades. Like one of the things that makes that game so cool is every time you see a character, like again, they'll talk about something different.
0: Yeah, that's no, um, great. And yeah,
1: we went back to sort of the hub... Hub area, or at least where you start, and the and, you know Shadowman goes up and says, "Hey, I found a dark soul," and I forgot Auntie's
0: name, but oh yeah, uh, Mama Nettie, Mama yeah, Nettie, yeah. she'll
1: she'll be like, "Okay, good job, you're doing great, like keep it up." And it was just just really impressive the amount of like cinematics that they put in this game, where like they didn't even really need one
0: there, right? Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Another way that this game does feel very ahead of its time is in that death system because it's like you, it's a game that is sometimes challenging um often fr- for frustrating reasons but it, the the goal is not to like frustrate you it's mm. not like oh if you die you were you're gonna have to keep butting your head up against this section over and over it's like you can go kill an enemy and then have the next one kill you and you'll respawn but like
0: that first enemy will be dead and so you're like you're yeah. always making progress exactly which i really appreciate i think that takes some of the sting off of it because yeah like i said it, every enemy takes like five to ten shots to take down. It's It can be difficult, especially when the fast guys start coming yeah, at I you. Yeah, I
1: will say uh, this game sounds... Actually, the music of this game is, like, super fantastic. Like, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily memorable, but it's really it's atmospheric. Yeah, 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 um, I But I really don't like uh, the sound that the zombies make when you shoot them. It's very
0: piercing and unpleasant. And it's kind of the same... I imagine it should be, it but, should like, be. you don't want to hear it over and over. It's also kind of the same canned sound, like, over and over. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, er, er, yeah, it it wait, it, yeah, it starts to wear on you a little bit after a while. Uh, I will say the platforming here is an, a weak point. Um, it is, it is, and
1: I, I feel like that's depending on the direction that this game went. As you went farther, I could see really getting more engaged with it, or eventually just kind of giving up because of that. Yeah, um, it's not awful like it's certainly better than maybe like your torox um because it's not in first person but i felt it
0: it it felt more responsive that it was reminding me of indiana jones but like much more responsive
1: yeah because you just kind of often will get hung up on the corner of uh terrain and then you don't quite make a jump or you just have to time things fairly precisely there's just enough of a lag in your jump that you'll often just run off a cliff
0: yeah you've got to calibrate but it also plays pretty there are often multiple routes that you can try. There are different, if you're bumping your head into something for too long, you can kind of explore a little bit and look around. I can tell as the game goes on, I'm going to need some kind of mini map mm-hmm. or some kind of reference point because, like we said, the, the environments are pretty ugly. Yeah. Just lots of brown, lots of identical shading and patterns on everything. Yeah. And was, it could be was, easy <laughs> to get lost.
1: You can have, there was a screen, basically a, a shot of me walking through the tunnel where I'm like, okay. This tunnel is like this sort of pasty greenish brown, and my character is brown with green pants.
0: Right, right, so, right. so, like,
1: right. I, it, it looked like one of those magic eye posters before you like can decipher the picture. <laughs> yeah, like, this is just nonsense.
0: It's a little much. Yeah, it's a little much. Um, but you know, it's 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 not that bad. And again, not the ugliest game we've seen. And no,
1: and again, as weird as it sounds, like this game does fit the aesthetic of being ugly. Like you yeah. want. You're down in this sort of like weird, grimy world. Like yeah, you're it's just supposed sort to be of grungy. Yeah. Going through pools of blood and there's a fun animation of your character like sloshes through them like he's going through the bayou in Louisiana oh, yeah. or something. And eventually you actually get to
0: deep enough blood that you swim around in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got a very funny, like kind of non wiggle. swimming animation. Yeah. Like he barely moves his legs, but if you tap the A button, he just kind of vibrates. Yeah, exactly. And, like swims along like that. So. Yeah, so
1: it did get to the point where I was Swimming through red tinged water in a red tinged cave, and it was just like, wow, this is very hard to see.
0: <laughs> also, though, uh, the swimming—usually my least favorite part of anything—it was not annoying here. No, the he's very, well. very
1: fat. Like he does yeah. swim very for not moving his arms at all and <laughs> he, having he, a, he books, being able to shoot a gun well underwater. Yeah, he can really <laughs> swim well.
0: Now, apparently, as the game goes on, you can start getting voodoo powers as well, like okay. different special attacks that you can. Have. We didn't get to any of those yet. Um, but it, it, it is a feature that comes up. We did get to like start building up that little inner ring in our life bar, mm-hmm. and that's what that's powering like, yeah, eventually once we get those. So
1: abilities. sort of your sort of wall here that keeps you from going anywhere right at the start is you have to collect these dark souls to open these gates. They'll right. have like blue orbs around the side, um, mm-hmm. and you need to collect a certain number. Of, they're like runes. Yeah. You need to collect a number of dark souls to match those runes, and then the gate will open, and you'll make some comment about being lord of Dark. Dead side, yeah, he yeah. To say dark side.
0: Shadowman gets very grandiose when In he's talking himself, about himself. Yeah. He's like, oh. "I am the night, I am the darkness."
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely very much like a Batman overlooking the city or Rorschach. Yeah, like, who will save this city?
0: But it, but it Begions is scenes of blood. It is a nice contrast with the scenes where you're Mike because, like, he's a little more uh, laid back. He's mm-hmm. kind of like sarcastic and goofy and like. He's not this like super powerful deity, you know. Right. He's uh, he's just a normal guy, and he kind of talks like a normal guy. So it's a good, it's a good difference there. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the sequel, okay? Because the sequel is kind of credited as, if not being one of the things that killed a claim, it's kind of uh, endemic of the reasons why a claim had okay. to go. Okay. So, uh yeah, th- this game is critically acclaimed. It sold well, and so the sequel was going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, that game proved to be. It was one of the string of massive PR fuck ups ah. that Acclaim had. We named about name this your before. kid Shadow Man. It's of the similar breed as that. Shadow Boy. So, yeah, was, <laughs> Shadow Boy. Little Shadow Man. Shadow Jr. Uh, the game was called Shadow Man's Second Coming, and it was annoying because they do the the two instead of the S in Second Coming, which I hate that's <laughs> Shadow Man. Make a video of your second coming. Yeah. It's it's uh uh it was released on PS two in two thousand two. By all accounts, this was a solid B minus C plus of a game, sure. like it's it's fine. It didn't really blow any doors off, but it was fine. But the marketing campaign drew some eyebrows, raised some eyebrows, because uh, some genius at Acclaim decided the best way to advertise this game about a man who could travel between the worlds of the living and the dead was to hang posters on real tombstones okay. in British graveyards. Uh, Acclaim was offering a fee to uh, the families of recently deceased people. Uh, And they were intentionally targeting poorer families because they thought they might need the money more and be more receptive. Okay, I mean, this drew a massive backlash uh, and it was kind of endemic of these kind of desperate stunts that Acclaim was getting into. Like you mentioned, like they had a similar contest where if you name your baby Turok, then you get $10,000. And then somebody did it and they welched on the money. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the little kid's going to grow up uh, named uh, Turok for the rest of their life.
1: For what it's worth, I've met... I've met multiple kids with worse names than Turok.
0: Yes, that's true. That's true. If I never need to meet another Jaden, I'll be
1: Oh, no. (laughs) I wasn't going to name names. Oh, I'm naming
0: names. Jaden, Krungle. I don't want to (laughs) hear another Krungle. (laughs) So many
1: many Krungles. Oh, God. (laughs) If
0: I meet one more Krungle spelled with a G. Okay. (laughs) Irritating. Yeah, mix it up. Spell with a K. Yeah, come on. Surprise me. Make me work for it. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the big thing about Shadow Man Second Coming and that that's most of the publicity around that game was bad because of this Mm -hmm. bad, bad, bad publicity stunt. Um, But, you know, between the game's initial release and its uh, very disastrous sequel, there was a lot of attention being paid to this as a possible film franchise. So in 1998, uh, Blade had just been released. It was a big hit. It showed you could have like a a black lead, a black lead superhero movie and that there was a market for it. Uh Ice Cube was rumored at one point to be tapped to, for the lead. That project never materialized, but Cube apparently still owns the license to the character and is still trying to make something happen. Interesting. As of 2017, there I were... love the way
1: you can refer to him technically just by his last name and you say Cube. But like, <laughs> like I mean that is, that is technically his last <laughs> name. You just refer to you just say Ice. Hey Ice. And Ice. it's
0: also what his friends call him I imagine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, what's up Cube?" you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so as recently as 2017, there were rumors that Reggie Hudlin was developing a project. If you don't know Reggie Hudlin, he, div- uh, directed House Party, one of my favorite oh. early nineties comedies. And, uh, he also created the Boondocks TV show. Oh, okay. Um, so he's pretty good. Uh, and, uh, hopefully the mediocre Bloodshot release hasn't tanked this, uh, even if it does, like I said, we are getting more Shadow Man early next year. Night Dive Studios—they are the same people who they—they they kind of only do remasters at this point. Okay. Like, uh, so they did the System Shock Two remaster and Doom sixty four and a dozen others. And they are uh, taking on original Shadow Man and having it re released to modern systems sometime next year.
1: And my hope with that is that, I mean, it, if you look graphically, like side by side of what they've shown, it's not like dramatic. It's certainly not like a remake or anything like that. It definitely looks smoothed out. But I would hope that they would do something about the hit detection and the controls. Yeah. Like, because if the, you were, if you controlled a little smoother and you jumped. Smoother and it was just more generous on what he grabbed onto. Yeah, I feel like you've you've nailed it. Like you fixed all the issues I've had with Shadow Man. <laughs> I I will
0: I will say too, we didn't really give it a shout out, but this has one of the better cameras uh, for a three D three D action We forgot about system. it because we never it was never a problem because a good camera should be forgotten about. Yeah. you shouldn't have to worry about it, and you don't here. Uh, it stays behind your back at all times. You can manipulate it with the D pad if you need to. Very very uncomfortable
1: uh, way to do it. Very uncomfortable like, way. Never, yeah, you never felt the need to do. That. That.
0: no the game keeps up with you and that's that's a really nice feature to have in a 3d action game and it just it makes a world of difference in the playability of the game and i think that's what kind of sets it over games like nightmare creatures i too. mean
1: this is a game where you're always kind of running through co- corridors for the most part um so like you generally like you can see what's ahead of you which yeah. is fine whereas like your, you know, your 3D platformers like Banjo Kazooie or Mario, you need to see what's around you at definitely, all sides. Definitely, here it doesn't really matter what's behind you. It doesn't terribly matter.
0: I think I've got all I've got to say on Shadowman. We move on to our rankings sure. and get to our awesome letters. Um, yeah, so each week we are ranking the games that we have just played, adding it to our ever-expanding and sadly almost-concluding list of games. We are up to, ooh, I have to scroll away from it <laughs> now, 278 games. Oh, so, nice spooky number. Nice what, spooky what's number. No, what spookier than 278? 278, number of the beasts. Yeah, yep, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm sure you can um, find that in the Bible
1: somewhere. How about you start us off? Oh, sure. Um, so I, I'm, uh, some, I'm never sure when, like, games have a quote-unquote cult following of, yeah. like is this actually just some weird thing that people have nostalgia for or is it actually good. And I'm going say shadow man's pretty good. Shadow man's uh, good. Yeah. I was, I was really impressed. It, it plays pretty smooth. It really does feel like a forward impressive th- thing in game. Like you, like we brought up very briefly, you can save at any point. Like it'll still, you'll still spawn back at the world that you started in. Like yeah. you don't spawn right where you were before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like there's very few games on the N64 with that sort of freedom to save. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the game just plays smooth and the aesthetic is like really cool and unique and it's just very cinematic. So, yeah, check out Shadow Man. Um I'm putting in number 33 on my list. Excellent. Um which is right ahead of the Spider-Man game. Okay. Um which is another game that I think is pretty smooth and holds up pretty well. Um and behind Chameleon Twist, which is just, you know, a personal favorite of mine.
0: Yeah. We we went almost identical. Like, okay. I think I'm just one ahead of you. I'm putting it at number 32. Uh, just behind Turok 3. I think I would... Yeah, Mm -hmm. Turok 3 slightly edged it out. Um, Yeah, I I agree. I feel like this isn't a game that does anything particularly spectacularly, but it does everything it's trying to do really well. I
1: think the cinematics for the N64 are pretty spectacular. Yes, I I would say the only... Maybe the only game I can think of or the only couple games I can think of that are sort of more cinematic than this would be like Resident Evil 2 and like Zelda.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And they do, yeah, I agree. They do that part very well. Gameplay-wise, like, it's pretty pretty standard issue. Yeah. But, but everything works. You don't need to worry about the controls failing you or about the camera failing you or anything like that. And the story is rich and interesting enough to uh, draw you in, it's amazing how many papers playing.
1: they get. Like you get this sort of diary, just like in your inventory at the beginning of the game, and there's like ten pages on these different serial killers who I imagine you fight at some point in this game. Yeah, um, but like they, they really just—it's clear that a lot of work was put into this game and like a lot of care to be like we're making like a real
0: thorough game. Here. They they wanted to make a good game, and yeah. I can—it's not just a crappy like licensed knockoff. They 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 saw the potential for a second life with this character in video games and
1: it, they went for it, it is pretty impressive like for a claim having such a grand fall a few years later like they made a lot of games for the n64 yeah. and generally like it was clear that like work was put into them for the most <laughs> so, part yeah. yeah for
0: the most part they, they have a better track record than midway at least yeah yeah, yeah yeah for sure well let's move on to some letters we've got some great ones this week uh first one starts woody steve and mystery guests ooh, ooh. he's a mystery shadow man ooh, ooh. <laughs> Uh, I moved from Oregon to Virginia last year, and I've been slowly unpacking boxes and setting things up. Setting things up at my new house. My goal was to set up my little gaming area in the basement so that I could show my four-year-old daughter some old games. Nice. But with every four-year-olds bo- love old games, they do.
1: <laughs> they're like, um, "Where's the Paw Patrol game on this?"
0: <laughs> but with every box I unpacked that didn't contain the games, I I got a little more worried. Uh-oh. Well, this week I unpacked the last box and nothing. The only boxes that seemed to be lost were the the ones that contained my Sega Genesis and N64 and another that was filled with my collectible Blu-ray or DVDs that I had saved. I'm kind of bummed about this and decided to go out to a local vintage shop and check things out but because of the prices and glut of junk out there, I didn't pull the trigger on any system. I did end up with a copy of Mall Rats on VHS for $3. <laughs> okay, well, uh, so it wasn't a complete waste. <laughs> because of your podcast, I probably won't be falling for the nostalgia of the N64, as you have hilariously proven that most of the games aren't what I remember them. Uh, but can you make the case for me getting into retro gaming, or should I just save my money and buy a Nintendo Switch? This is from hmm. Mark Schumacher, and I did get an update from Mark oh. uh, just this, just today. It says update the last box hidden in the corner of my friend's garage contained a Sega Genesis and my backpack full with cassette singles it was like getting the BB gun in a christmas story i set it up and was able to get one game working to play with my daughter that game was Eternal Champions. Okay. I'm a little bit in trouble Steve with my approves. wife because my four year old wants to play the fighting game all the time now, but I guess it's a start. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we did get that update well, but today. He didn't
1: find his N64 games, though, it doesn't sound
0: he like. He did not, but, I'm you know, sorry, it that's, sounds that's like a bad feeling. Sounds like we've talked him out of it anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. I would say if if you've got this out and you're not feeling terribly compelled to com- collect a bunch of retro games, I would say stick with a switch because yeah. a switch will have a lot of great nin- retro Nintendo and uh, Super NES games on there already. You yep. can also, you know download a bunch of stuff, you could hack some stuff like you yep. have a lot of options. you have plenty
1: of options. It's not it's not very it's easy to play emulation on your PC. Yeah, just do it a little bit and be like, oh, yeah. I get this. out; It goes out of your system very fast. I love retro games. Yeah. Oh, I do But like um, you, you, you play some for a little bit and you're like, I don't quite need to go back to this particular one. Find the ones you like and then there's plenty of ways to play them. You don't need yeah. to amass this giant collection of stuff.
0: No, no, not necessarily. Uh, but we do. I would say, the, you know, the,
1: if, yeah, the collecting of stuff like the collecting of retro games has to be you're into the collecting as a joy and process of like, I like going to shops and looking for stuff um that's kind of where
0: it came from for me right
1: like that has to be a fun part of it because if you're just in it for playing there's infinite cheaper
0: ways to do it there's so many and, better options yeah yeah, yeah yeah and there's more all the time but i'm glad you guys were able to find some of the games and i'm glad your daughter's playing eternal champions because i played the hell out of that <laughs> game um all right our next letter starts uh hi there Stephen woody hi there Hello. Uh, The last time I messaged you, I I mentioned a Twitch streamer named Mr. Radon, who was working to 100% every single N64 game. He was on a hiatus over the summer, but now is back in the swing. To update you, he had to spend over 50 hours to 100% Mickey Speedway USA because of the staff ghost medals were just that hard. Also, he recently finished Snowboard Kids by unlocking all boards, courses, and characters and started on Pokemon Stadium this week. He dedicates most streams to N64, but will occasionally take breaks to play other games on the stream too. I used to not understand why people would watch Twitch streams, but after getting to know this streamer, I've realized that the real joy in watching Twitch is the social aspect. A good streamer will interact with people in their chat and in doing so, create small communities of people with similar personalities and senses of humor. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about gaming since watching his stream because he and the people in chat are so knowledgeable and answer even my stupidest of questions. <laughs> Honestly, Twitch might be the best way for gamers to make new friends, especially since the COVID pandemic started. Anyway, thanks as always for the podcast. You guys rock. And that is from Tim. Thanks, Tim. That's that's good perspective on yeah. that too because I never really watched Twitch. We're definitely um, like
1: old men in that regard. Yeah. Like the same way. We're like, watch people play video games. No, thank you. Steve already has his cane. Yeah. And he's shaking it at them.
0: I (laughs) do. Yeah. Get off my lawn. Uh, There is a postscript here that I do want to mention as well. It says, P.S. I've started a public playlist on Spotify of all of the songs from the ends of your episodes. I couldn't find every song, but the playlist is currently at 90 songs and over five hours long since the addition of cars by Gary Newman. Uh, The playlist is called Ultra 64 End Songs... Hope you and any interested listeners enjoy. Well, I'm interested because I didn't even know you ended our
1: broadcast with real songs. Yo, do thought, you never listen to the show? Well, it's a bad... Oh I, like, I don't like my voice. Man. Oh, I'm okay. Sure, I'm sure the listeners will write in and verify that I have an irritating voice.
0: Not, in, uh-huh. it not even. Really. <laughs> Lindsay has the same problem. She doesn't Good. like hearing her well,
1: own voice. Well, Lindsay does have an
0: irritating voice. Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's just got a stupid face. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 she's no, not. No, she's <laughs> <Love it>. um,
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. Uh, I... know that took me By surprise, so um, it's, it's but I'm awesome. Excited for that. Thank what, you so what's much. What's the name of that Spotify playlist again?
0: Once again, it is Ultra 64 End Songs. I've uh, I've booted it up on my Spotify. It, I forgot I put many of these on there. It's been really fun to go back and listen to it again and confirm how weird my taste in music is.
1: There's there's really that's one of the great joys of podcasts is when people bring up stuff that you just kind of did on a lark randomly. Yeah, it was like a couple a week ago when someone reminded me of a thing I had recommended. A year ago? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was great. And then I listened to it again. I'm like, yeah, I really have good taste. I stand by this. I <laughs> yeah. stand by this.
0: So thank you very much for putting that together, Tim. That's amazing. Our next letter starts, hello, guys. Hello. I'm Brazilian and recently heard the episode about Top Gear, in which yeah. you mentioned some things about Brazil. I did. I'm not sure why Top Gear was so popular around here in the 90s, but I believe that's because racing sports were on the rise at the time because of Ayrton Senna. Right. And that ended up influencing the popularity of the Top Gear and the games in the genre. About the Brazilian game market, we have some economic barriers related to imports that make consoles much more expensive. And the reason why the Master System was more popular than the NES at the time has to do with the distribution. We had a Brazilian company called Tactoy who partnered with Sega and managed to bring the Master System to our market at an affordable price. They also did a great job at marketing campaigns and brought translated and exclusive titles which helped in the popularity. NES was quite popular too... But most of the versions of the console that circulated around here were clones, so they don't count in the official numbers. And that is from Johnny in Brazil. So thank you so yeah. much for clarifying that. Tim, our last writer, also sent me a YouTube video uh, going into a little bit more about the Brazilian gray market of uh, video games, okay. too. So awesome to get all this perspective. I like to hear it
1: firsthand from listeners. I love
0: it. Yeah. I, I, lo- I genuinely love hearing um, this information. So that's awesome. Thank you for writing in with that. Uh, we have a very short one here. And uh perfectly timed. Someone someone saw this coming. Okay. Hey guys, what N64 game would you accept money from in exchange for advertising space on your gravestone? <laughs> and that's from Jesse. Oh. So, what N64 game would you allow to be advertised on your tombstone? Oh, oh boy. I feel like, I feel like, uh, oh, I Mace the it. dark age has to be yours, right? No, I it's know. it's
1: NBA hang time.
0: Oh, yep, just yeah. A,
1: just just a, Patrick Ewing's big head and like <laughs> slam, <laughs> slam dunking the ball over my, over my, uh, the brave stuff. The word
0: boom shock a lot. Yeah, uh, exactly. across it. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I don't even know which one I would want. Like, I feel like my honest answer is just like some kind of, um, ocarina of time logo i'd want like a triforce or something on there sure. but I, I think they're asking for ads in, in particular so i'm gonna do uh the john romero wants to make you his bitch okay. i will put that ad on my tombstone <laughs> so that uh that can be immortalized forever my, my nba hang time won't be- he was on fire <laughs> <laughs> i mean no really yeah exactly. That's how we die. we'll
1: see how it goes but um <laughs> if okay if i am immolated to death for some reason yeah that's what I want my tombstone to say.
0: I'm going to do it. Okay. I, I will do it. I will honor that. Uh,
1: well, don't well. immolate me.
0: Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Well, never mind. Okay. Okay. Last letter for today. Uh, hey, Woody and Steve. You Hello. mentioned vehicle-less racers on your Top Gear episode, like Sonic R. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Rayman Arena for PS2, GameCube, or Xbox, also known as Rayman M or Rayman Rush? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not familiar with this one. It says it's from 2002, so between Rayman 2 and 3. Like the title implies, it's got 3D deathmatch modes with the Rayman crew, but half of the game is a 3D platformer where you race and jump through courses and obstacles as either a time trial or against humans or AI Hmm. opponents. Think Koopa the Quick Levels, but more elaborate. It doesn't entirely come together, but I always thought the idea of a 3D platformer racer was an interesting evolutionary dead end. Thanks and keep up the good work, and that is from Vince. I... That, that sounds cool. It actually I mean, makes me think of like the modern Rayman games are kind of like this too. Like they're mm-hmm. very much about constantly running and moving forward they're and timing 2D, your jumps. They're 2d, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah it's interesting to see the evolution there of that. was just
1: a weird glut of like arena games that where people didn't quite know like in the early 2000s they were like let's make an ape escape arena like they yeah. didn't know what to do with their branded with their characters so they just threw them in like some mini game or arena collection yeah like yeah, yeah. A ratchet arena game and oh like, yeah there was people have forgotten about those
0: yeah they're not huh? gro- they're not very good generally but i will also say if you want a 3d uh racer we we play a uh, uh, platforming racer we played iggy's wrecking balls and it was pretty fun
1: yeah that game um, was neat
0: yeah yeah so that would be. That's another one that gets the Nito burrito uh, mark of approval. Yeah. Um, that's all we got this week. Thank you everybody for writing in. We love 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 getting these letters. So thank you so yeah, much no, for sending the, these.
1: The increase in the amount of letters and consistency that we get letters has been a real highlight as of recently. So oh, please, yeah. Anything we say that strikes your fancy, please uh, write us in about it. Exactly. I have, also, I have a random recommendation that has nothing to do with anything. It's just one of my favorite things and it's Halloween related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to the YouTubes mm-hmm. and look up Kyle Canane <laughs> Campaigner. Okay. The name of this bit is Campaigner because he names his tracks very strangely. It's about when he found a stuffed dude for Halloween <laughs> Um, and we, I many years ago, I saw Kyle Kanane at Bumper Shoot, and he did this bit, and it was the funniest thing I'd never seen him before. It was so funny, and then he never released it on an album oh. until very recently. So Kyle campaign, Kyle Canane, Campaigner.
0: He did a show here in our town mm-hmm. in Bellingham uh, not too long ago. And then uh, he was on Twitter the next day saying like it was one of the worst crowds he's ever oh, had. okay. It was here in Bellingham and then he doesn't <laughs> want to come back. So okay. hopefully, uh, hopefully he goes back on that because he's awesome and uh, I, I wish the crowds were better for him <laughs> on that. Um, so thank you everybody for tuning in. We are Ultra64 Podcast on all the social medias except for Patreon where we are Ultra64 Pod. We just dropped an episode on Custom Robo which was crazy fun. Uh, a little yeah. Japanese import that I really liked.
1: It, it's amazing like the bat- average of the japanese imports that we've played yeah been very good
0: yeah we've only picked a few but they've all been really good um and yeah so we got lots of episodes on there and plenty of other places so be sure to tune in next week uh what are we going to be playing next week how do i not have the rest of this list <laughs> memorized by now it's insane oh we're going we're going to a big one we're going to uh one of the bigger ones that we haven't touched on yet Wave Race 64. Wave Race. We are also partnering that with the game Hydro Thunder, mm. another boat racing game, and Polaris Snowcross, which is about racing on a form of water. Okay. Frozen. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to lump it with the other G- snowmobile games. Water. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wanted it with the other snowmobile games, but there's like 30 of those already. Yeah. So I just thought, <laughs> you know, let's put this one here, this one time. Yeah.
1: That way our snowmobile episode won't be seven hours
0: long. Yes. Exactly. So bring your wetsuit, because we're getting wet and wild next week. Wave Race 64. Hydra Thunder, Polaris, Snowcross It's going to be very fun So we will see you then for that one In the meantime, I got a There's a ghost in here He's saying the typical ghost Catchphrase Something. of Spooky Transfer over into this other realm
1: Collect Something. voodoo stone Teddy bear By my game Dark Souls <laughs>
0: Night everybody It's me I shoot.